So here's the mistake I made, and I want to tell you guys about it. At the time, I was dating somebody who was an aspiring photographer, and we pretty much got the nicest DSLR camera you could find. And it was great while he was around because he was able to focus for me. But guess what happened? Um, we broke up. Welcome to the Beauty Boss Confidential. My name is Ren and I'm a beauty blogger, new mom, makeup artist, and owner of my own makeup academy in Atlanta, Georgia. My name is Nalani and I'm a cosmetic tattoo artist and instructor. I run a busy permanent makeup studio and academy in Atlanta as well and also manage a small team. We're two modern women trying to juggle it all from building our empire to being a wife and navigating being a new mom all while making time for ourselves. We're here to share with you the behind the scenes of what it's really like to run a successful beauty business from marketing to business strategies and trying to find that perfect work-life balance. Let's dive right in. Hey guys, it's Ren back with another episode. So today's topic is something I get asked a ton of questions about and it's how to get started on YouTube. A lot of people want to start their own YouTube channel, but they don't know what kind of equipment they need. They don't know what topics to talk about. Such a big, a big undertaking that it helps to have someone who's done it before to walk you through. And I'm going to focus on equipment today. What exactly you need to get started from your lights to your camera to your backdrops. I started in 2007, so I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I've got Nalani on as well, who's going to give her insight because she does do a ton of recording and watching as well. So we're going to go ahead and get started. So just as background, I started YouTube in 2007, long, long time ago before it became super saturated. Why did I start YouTube? Well, I was very interested in the beauty community and I loved watching other people's tutorials and I thought I could do the same thing in the makeup community. Currently, I have over 800 videos, so I've filmed quite a few made a lot of mistakes, done some things right, and hopefully I can help you with my journey. So let's get started with five things you need. First off, let's talk about lights. I don't know if you knew this or not, but the best light is actually free, and that's daylight. You can literally film in front of a window. The key is make sure the light is actually facing you in your eyes. So technically, you'll be looking out the window, and you'll have your camera in front of you. Light from the sun is perfect. It's right in the middle. It's not too warm. It's not too cool. You just want to make sure that you don't have any weird shadows from like blinds or um, from like trees outside your window because that's going to um, cause some weird shadows over your face. But it's actually just the perfect amount of light and color and photographers will agree with that as well. If you don't have um, natural sunlight, let's say, you know, your apartment or your house just doesn't have great light, or maybe you want to film at night or during a thunderstorm, you can have artificial light. And one of the best options now, and it's a lot more affordable than it used to be, are ring lights. So that's actually kind of geared toward the social media YouTube community. I've got mine on Amazon, and I find that nowadays you can get them for around $100. Um, Nalani for sure uses her ring light, and her quality of video is amazing. Nalani, what do you use? Um, what do you, what are some qualities about your ring light that you love or that you hate? So I use the Diva Ring Light 2, 
and it's by Stellar Lighting Systems. I'm so particular about what kind of lighting I use. And I know there's a lot of ring lights on Amazon, but I prefer getting it from Stellar Ring Light. And the reason why, this is actually my second one. The reason why is I found it to be the most durable. Diva Ring Light 2 has a knob where you can make your pictures or videos either warm or cool. And I have the 18 inch one, which is the biggest one. And I find that it distributes the light very evenly versus a glam core. I did have a glam core before and I realized that the knobs kind of messed with me a little bit because if I turned the knob for the before picture and I turned it, you know, to see like eyeliner or, you know, brows in more detail. And if I don't turn it back to the original where I had it in the before, the after picture to me threw me off. <laughs> so that's why I don't prefer the the glam core and I prefer the ring light because it's always always evenly distributed for me. And those who don't know, what exactly is a glam core light and how does it look? So basically a glam core light, they have a kind of loose gooseneck. There's two, basically two pods, I guess you can call it, where you can adjust the neck to where you, you know, where you need to see the most detailed area, but the ring light is more stationary and stable. Yeah, you know what? I I have a glam core as well, and I started. That was my first makeup light. So if you're in the makeup industry, a lot of people love the glam core because, like she said, you can put two different pods and have it towards the front of the face, the sides, underneath, and it's good to see up close. But if your before and after videos, you want them to seem authentic or you want some, some consistency, you can't mess with the settings or else it looks like you did like a weird edit or you're cheating. Like I hate seeing before and afters where the first one is like all drab and the second one's like super bright. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. That to me got on my nerves. And um, I do find that sometimes the glam core, because it has like little like LED uh, light bulbs, I find that sometimes the glam core, when you take a picture, you can see the squares. I don't know. It's just weird for me. Wow. So I didn't even realize that, but yeah, that, that would be a problem. And there are certain lights too. Um, the makeup light is a square panel light. I also have one of those, which I love for traveling with, but it's actually sometimes hard to film with because on camera, when you're filming video, it actually has like a strobe, like it looks like it's like flickering. So like the ring light is very steady. And it really evenly lights you and you just, it, it makes your face look even more flawless, which is helpful on video. So the ring light is very, very popular. If you don't have a budget for a ring light, like we said, you can do total natural light. And you can even, if you want, depending on where you're filming, let's say you're filming in your bedroom or your bathroom and, or in front of your vanity, you can replace your incandescent yellow light bulbs, which are typical at home with daylight bulbs, which have more of a white light, which is more accurate for makeup and beauty. So you have a couple of different options from free to cheaper to a little bit more expensive. So the second thing I wanna talk about is cameras. And that is a pretty big one. You can definitely blow your budget on a very, very fancy camera, but you don't necessarily need to. So I'll tell you how I started. In 2007, I actually had a, it was a video cam that went on top of my laptop. Like, you know, like the old school, like it's a little circle that sticks on your laptop. It really was very basic, but I was able to get started. So don't let 
your lack of technology prevent you from just, you know, biting the bullet and just going for it? I went from a laptop camera to different camcorders, like the old school ones that like the dads have. And then I went into DSLRs, which is what a lot of photographers use. So here's the mistake I made. And I want to tell you guys about it. At the time, I was dating somebody who was an aspiring photographer. And we pretty much got the nicest DSLR camera you could find. Different lenses, all these different manual settings. And it was great while he was around because he was able to focus for me, adjust the settings for the light, the ISO, all that different stuff. But guess what happened? Um, We broke up and I still had the camera, but it was like impossible for me to adjust the settings. And every time I filmed a video, it was too light or too dark and I was out of focus. So I actually Mm -hmm. had to back it up a little bit and I ended up getting an easier camera, which is what a lot of people call is the beauty blogger camera. And it's a Sony A5100. They also have the A6100 or maybe even some newer versions. But the beauty behind this camera is that it actually has a flip view screen. So I can always see myself while I'm recording. If you have the budget for it, you can buy a monitor that plugs into your laptop as well. But I just want something easy breezy. And that's been working out really well for me. It even has a slight glamour feature where it can kind of blur out excess noise and imperfection and i use it for camera and video but if you can't afford that right now that's perfectly fine because tons of people are using their cell phones i am like so amazed at how great quality cell phones have like the new iphone it's crazy like it looks like professional grade quality i know nilani does a lot of recording videos and pictures on her cell phone so what do you use yeah so on a daily uh when i take pictures of clients i just use my cell phone so i have the iphone 11 i believe and the video quality on it is great it's 4k i believe i don't really know the full specs of it but i just use that because frankly it's easy for me it's you know you can post on Instagram or your social media immediately. And I actually do have the Sony Alpha 6000, I believe. And it's just kind of annoying sometimes if you want to upload a picture. So it's like an extra step. So for more production based, like if I want to record an in-class material or things that I want to cast on TV, I will use my Sony one. But keep it simple. This more simple you keep it, the more likely you'll do it and be consistent. That's a good point. You know, if you can't do all those extra steps, you're not going to even want to do it, right? It's just going to be like a burden. So if you can just kind of have a one-stop shop that will do everything, it's really, really convenient. I will say the only thing about um, cell phones, please make sure you film horizontally if you're going to put it on YouTube. Otherwise, it's going to have those weird like blocks on the left and the right. Um, for obviously for social media, keep it vertical, but, um, I've seen that a couple of times. I'm like, Oh no, flip the camera over and get a tripod or have your, your phone attached to your ring light because there's also a, um, a cell phone mount or, um, a camera mount on there too. Awesome. Okay. So let's move on. We're just trucking through these different topics. Today's like a very short and simple podcast episode. So that way you guys can get started right away. So let's talk about backdrop. So again, I'm going to go back to 2007. When I first started filming for YouTube, I was actually in my bedroom, in my apartment, and you could pretty much just see my bed in the background. So I wasn't trying to be fancy. I was being really real. And I think people liked that and they identified with it. 
problem is I got lazy sometimes and my bed was not always made. I'm not going to lie. And I look back at some of those old videos, my cringe. I'm like, girl, why didn't you make your bed? <laughs> so I kind of evolved, right? It's crazy. I evolved to like actually setting up a cuter background. Like I had bookshelves with like decorative items. Everybody has candles or some kind of twinkle lights. And then some people now, myself included, will use paper backdrops. And that looks pretty professional. So you can get those on Amazon. I say paper backdrops because I find that the muslin ones that are made from cloth, if they're wrinkly, they just look so horrible. And you have to bust out that steamer where the paper is pretty much like a straight, even consistency. But just keep in mind that your background can change the quality of your makeup or your beauty that you're showing because some colors can kind of affect different combinations. So like if you haven't gotten into color theory as an artist, it's really helpful because you can learn complementary colors and different colors that clash. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of different options. You don't have to start with anything professional. Just have the background be nice and clean and cute. Do you have any input on that, Nalani? Yeah, I Honestly, just keep it simple, white, black, maybe even gray. I don't really know much about the background, but I usually like to keep whatever background I use, if it's a solid one or, you know, if there's furniture, you know, obviously like just use common sense. Don't have like your underwear and bra out. <laughs> I feel like it's totally okay to have your bedroom be the background or even you know, your living room, just make sure it's like clutter free, because what's going to happen as a viewer is their their eye is going to go to the background and not focus on what it is you're saying or and what it is you're doing. But it's totally okay to, you know, not be too fancy with it in the beginning. And I think I definitely agree with you where people relate to you more because you're a real person. And whatever you're doing, it's like attainable because you don't need a big budget. So you might inspire someone else to get on YouTube or do more videos because your background isn't totally production and professional. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that people value genuine authenticity. Hey, rock Ikea furniture and, and your your little makeup setup and whatever you have because people want to identify with you and they see things that they can be like, I can do that too. So I think that's super awesome. And you brought up the fact that you have black, white, or gray. That's actually a really good point because those are neutrals that will never kind of conflict with any color choices. And if you take pictures with them, you can easily like crop yourself out of the background without having to worry about um, some kind of weird editing issues. Good points, good points. Okay, moving right along. Let's talk about volume. Let's talk about microphones. So not everybody has to have a separate mic. But what I want you guys to do is depending on what you use, whether it's your cell phone, your DSLR, your camera, just make sure that when you listen back, is your volume clear? Is it easy to understand? Do you need to speak a little bit higher volume, enunciate a little bit more? That can really lose your audience sometimes more than picture if people can't hear you. So your picture can be beautiful and bright, but if they can't hear you or it's like off, then they're just not going to continue watching. So. At first, I just went with what I with my built-in mic, and then I would edit the volume in my editor later. Like I would increase the volume, but I did have a DSLR that at one point wasn't loud enough, so I ended up buying one of those mics that you can clip to your clothes, the kind that you see like on TV with like news anchors, and that was so easy. Like it was a, like a twenty dollars solution. I was able to plug it into my camera and then have the cord run and clip it on my clothes. Some people buy microphones like roadie mics that they can plug right into the top of your camera. 
you just have to make sure that it's compatible with your camera model. The last point I want to make is that if you do decide to do voiceovers, so let's say I'm filming a beauty video and I don't want to talk, I can just edit in my voice later. I did find that a microphone does make a big difference in trying to record um, over your laptop or your phone. It just makes it a little bit more clear with less background noise. So those are my tips on microphones and, and volume. What, do you, what about you, Nalani? I'm not super fancy with microphones. <laughs> I do have some videos for class that I just did a voiceover on iMovie. And I just made sure that my dog wasn't in the room or, you know, I just try to be super consistent. So I personally don't have a lot of fancy, I don't even have a mic. And I just, I, I'm not really good with the technical side of things. And I don't have the patience for it. And I'm just like, I'll just make it work with what I have. <laughs> and it's fine. Honestly, people aren't, you know, going to judge you really what they, they want is the what what you're saying, what you're delivering, like the content. So that sometimes that extra fluff, um, it doesn't matter in the beginning. But of course, as your brand goes, you do want to reinvest in, you know, a mic or a better backdrop or, you know, other things that will show your growth as well. I think that's important. You can't just do the same thing in the beginning. And it, you know, your viewers will see your growth as you grow as well. And you should want to reinvest in your business as you grow. That's a really good point. I think that you should just start. Don't feel like the need for professional production and perfection. Start where you are and there's viewers who will watch you whatever stage you're at. And then as you grow and, you know, maybe you're making revenue from your YouTube videos or, you know, your social media, then that's a good time to take that money and reinvest it back into the quality and just kind of, you know, grow with your business. Because you don't want to stay the same that you were when you started. You want to show your viewers more and get better and better quality. But you got to start somewhere, right? Like everybody starts somewhere. Okay, so the last point I want to talk about is a video editor. So once again, if you have a laptop, whether it be a Mac or a PC, you're in luck because there are a ton of free options. So if you have a Mac, you can totally use iMovie, or if you have a PC, Windows Movie Maker. When I first started, I had a Dell laptop and I used Windows Movie Maker and it was completely fine. My following didn't care about fancy like edits and transitions. All I really cared about was like editing out bloopers, maybe adjusting my lighting and volume a little bit, and that was pretty much it. Now the upgrade, there are definitely some fancy ones. So Adobe Premiere or Final Cut Pro, you'll hear a lot of people talking about that. But I'm not gonna lie, like even though I've been doing this for a while, those programs are difficult. And I, I recommend if you're unfamiliar with them, just go on YouTube and look up some basic tutorials because they can be a little bit tricky. But right now, I'm sticking with iMovie. It's pretty simple. And then once you get used to it, it's, it's just a breeze. One more thing I did want to mention, though, sometimes videos can slow down your laptop because of the size of the file. So if that's the case, you might want to get yourself an external hard drive to store your footage. I actually ended up upgrading laptops to have a bigger video card storage. I mean, I have a MacBook Pro as well, just because that's what I do all the time. I edit videos, I edit videos. But something to keep in mind, because as you go through this journey, there's going to be learning curves and you're going to realize, wow, my computer can't handle all this footage, you know. But in the meantime, just go ahead and delete it. Just don't even worry about saving it on your on your desktop if you if you have like an external hard drive because that will be super frustrating and the editing will go super slow. 
So that's just real life experience and feedback. What have you seen when you've done some editing, Nalani? So we do edit on iMovie. And like I said, we're not really tech savvy. it, we actually came across that issue where there was out of memory. So we had to just buy a USB card and just upload everything that we needed, like our old pictures and our old videos to make space. So we do try to keep it on the USB drive. So that way the MacBook can perform better and not give you any delays while editing because it's so frustrating. Yes, like it really is like tear your hair out. (laughs) Like you're like, why? And it takes way longer. Like you can, if you can just do it regular speed, it's not a big deal. But if there's delays and then you have to restart your computer. So that's a real thing. So we both have gone through that. But yeah, we both use iMovie and we're both fine. So one day I hope that I get to the point where I could just have somebody edit my videos for me. (laughs) But in the meantime, you know, it's, I have a free option and I'm going to use it. And all of these options are pretty much you can start for free. If you have a cell phone and you have something to say, go ahead and start. You can use natural daylight. You can use, you know, your your apartment or your house backdrop. The biggest thing is just get started. Don't let fear hold you back and be yourself. You know, everyone has their own unique thing to offer and that will set you apart from everybody else. So don't worry about all the other fluff and extra you know, technology and competing with people who've been doing it forever. Just do you, do you, boo. (laughs) Exactly. I do want to say to get over that hump. I'm not on YouTube, but recently I've had to put myself out there more and be on video because I feel like when people associate a voice and a face, it makes more of an impact. And it was awkward for me on for me to be on video because you know we criticize ourselves we're like oh my god look at my double chin or you know I have a gap in my teeth that I kind of like and hate at the same time Um, so I had to tell myself in order to get over kind of that fear of being on video you have to tell yourself hey what's your end goal if your end goal is to make an impact in the world then what you're putting out there is really not about you. It's about the information you're giving the viewers. And if you focus on your content and your your main mission and goal, I think that's one of the things that helped me overcome being on video. I hate going on IG Live, but I did force myself during quarantine just to kind of connect with my audience because you can only hide behind like a keyboard, you know, uh, for so long, you really have to connect. And the main thing that really did help me was just like, get over yourself. (laughs) Really, like, it's not about you. It's about your message. So I love it. Just spread your message to the world and get ready for blessings to be received. So thank you, Nalani, for joining me on today's episode. We hope you guys took some things away and we can't wait to see your YouTube channel. So make sure to hit us up on Instagram at beautybot and at makeup by run run and share your videos till next time. Stay cute and confident. Bye guys. Thanks for joining us on the beauty boss confidential. If you love this episode, go ahead and screen record your favorite part and tag us on Instagram. I'm Nalani at beautybot. And I'm Ren at Makeup by Ren Ren. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. And please give us a five-star rating and tell all your beauty bosses. 
Thanks again for tuning in. And we'll catch you next time.